Good morning. Can you hear me now? Hey, how's it going? Good, good. Let's open our Bibles, John chapter 15, if you would please, with me. John chapter 15. Last week we talked about fruit. And Jesus said, you know, how do you get the fruit? He says to abide or to remain in the vine. And and he says that he's the vine. And so for us to maintain this relationship, this ongoing connection with Jesus, that's that's how we have fruit in our lives. If we don't have this ongoing, uh, intimate connection, relationship with Jesus, there's not going to be any fruit because the fruit must come from the vine. And Jesus is the vine, so the fruit must, to, to, to bear fruit, we must have this connection, this relationship, this walk, this life with Jesus. Uh, he talked about uh, or I talked about the fruit of the Spirit. We looked at Galatians chapter 5. Anybody remember what the first fruit of the Spirit is in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22? Love. love. Yeah, so love is like the, the key thing. And, and some uh, uh, look at that passage and, and uh, uh, say it really the fruit of the Spirit is love, and then the rest kind of that, that are spelled out there kind of delineate uh, what that love really is. But either way, the first word that's used there is agape, it's love. And so Jesus goes on uh, in this passage now today to speak about love. And it's, it's fascinating. I think it's like, it's like deep water. I feel like I just kind of put my f- toes into the top of this subject, but it's, it's just deep. It's like, but it's yet so simple. That's why, you know, this song, Jesus Loves Me, This I Know, is so powerful, but it's so simple, but it's so deep to know the love of Jesus. But Jesus talks about it. So we're going to pick it up, uh, excuse me, in verse 9. And the, the thing about it is that, that Jesus, he, he knew love, and then he gave love. He says this in verse 9, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now, remain in my love. So there's three things there. Number one is, the, he says, as the Father has loved me, the, fa- the love of the Father for the Son. Number two is, is as, that, as he received that love, he says, now, so, or like that, have I loved you. And then the third thing is for us to remain in his love. This first thing, though, I think is, is something that we, uh, this is where it really starts to get deep, I think, speaking about the love that the Father had for the Son. That's God the Father for God the Son. There's, there's this relationship within the Trinity itself. And Jesus said that as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. So we have to ask, we have to think about this. This love of the Father for the Son. What was that like? What, what really was that? Uh, some people wrote, you know, that it's beyond words. But when we think about it, you stop to think about it and, and you say, well, what is, that, what is that all about? What does that mean? Um, 
the first thing I think that came to uh, my mind or, or that I discovered that I came across, I should say, was two separate places where the Father spoke from heaven. It says, a voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. That is powerful. This is, this is not just love, but this is now, he's, he's like broadcasting it from heaven that the father loves the son. Not only does he love the son, but he's pleased with him. He says, with him I am well pleased. Now, two times this happened. Anybody could tell me, uh, remember when this happened? At his baptism, right? Number one. And at the Mount of Transfiguration. So two separate times, he spoke from heaven and he said, This is my son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Two different times. So again, it's like Jesus says, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. So we're, we're looking at how did the Father love the Son. First of all, he wasn't afraid to say it. He broadcast it from heaven. The people there heard But a few other things come up here in John's gospel. Number one, in John chapter 3, he says, The Father loves the Son and has placed everything in His hands. He's placed everything in His hands. Another one, John chapter 5, and there are actually others. I just put three here. It says, The Father loves the Son and shows Him all that He does. And the third one in chapter 17, he says, the father loves the son before the creation of the world. So there's something going on, wouldn't you say, between the father and the son? There's this relationship that is, it's it's based on love. It's full of love. It's, 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 you know, it shows itself in all different kinds of ways. David Guzik said this, the father loved the son with a love that has no beginning and no end, that is close and personal, that is without measure, that is unchanging. You say, okay, that's, that's good. There's something going on there between the Father and the Son. But Jesus says, as the Father has loved the Son, so have I loved you. This is the kind of love that Jesus has for you and for me. That's an incredible thing when you think about it. That's, if that's how the Father loved the Son, Jesus says, that's how I love you. Do you and I even know that? Do we even like grasp that? Do we have any idea? Jesus loves me, this I know. Do we really know that? I, I, I'm not sure that we do. I'm not sure I really grasp the depth of that. Some of those things, you know, he says, so have I loved you. Some of those things that, that he says, I love my son. I'm well pleased with him. Do you know that? That he's well pleased with you? If, you're, if you, belong, you belong to Jesus, you're one of his, he loves you, and he is well pleased with you. The enemy doesn't want us to know that. The enemy's usually saying, you know what, he's, he's, he's mad at you right now. Lies. 
It says the Father loves the Son, placed everything in His hands, that, that actually Jesus loves us like that, that He actually gives us uh, you know, things to do. He places things within our hands. He shows Him all that He does. He loved him before the creation of the world. He loved you and I before we were ever even created. He knew who you were. He loved you before you were ever even thought of. This is the kind of love that Jesus has for us. And and it makes me think about this in terms of the father loved the son, right? We're, We're talking about that. And then... Jesus says, so have I loved you like the Father loved me. We kind of pass on what we experience, don't we? And that's what Jesus is doing. He received all this love. He had all this love from the Father. And then he says, now I'm loving you like that. So love has a way of, of, you know, repeating itself. Sad to say, when you think about it too, some of the things that we've experienced in our lives that are negative, that are bad we also kind of pass those on too, don't we? That's the sad part about it. But I think the Lord wants to help us with some of those things, and, 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 to, and that's why he came to give us this love, so that then, as we're going to see in a minute, we receive this love, we know this love, and then we actually pass it on to other people. So that's kind of the way, you know, it kind of going from one to the other to the other. And, and, and Jesus said that. So, so for you and I to really know this love, the love that was like the love that the Father had for the Son, that, that you and I would know that. Paul said in Romans, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? We, we saw there, David Guzik pointed out that this love was, you know, has no beginning, no end. It's unchanging. Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Who can separate us? Can, can trouble or hardship, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, or sword, can anything stop his love from you and I? Now, is the enemy going to tell you that? No, he's going to tell you just the opposite. Paul went on to say, we are more, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. He said, I'm convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future nor any powers, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. The love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So again, he, Paul is, I think Paul knew these verses. I think Paul knew what Jesus had said. And, and it kind of came out in the way he talked. And, and, and really these, the things that they, they say Paul you know, spoke and, and wrote in run-on sentences. And he, and he just kept writing and writing. And all these things just kept pouring out. None of these things will be able to separate us from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus. Jesus loves me, this I know. Do you know that? Do I know that? I really wonder sometimes. I think we need to to think about it, and and that's why we're looking at these verses. That's why we're asking ourselves, well, what what is Jesus saying here? What does he mean by that? 
How did the Father love the Son? If that's how Jesus loves me, how did the Father love the Son? It's an incredible love. It's a deep love. It's, it's a powerful love. He goes on, the third, excuse me, the third part of verse uh, 9. He says, now, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now, now what? That's what we would say, right? Now what? No, he says, now remain in my love. It's this same word that he's been using in, since the beginning of the chapter. I'm, I'm the vine, you, I'm the true vine, my father's gardener. You know, I'm the vine, you are the branches. Remain in the vine. Remain in me, he says. And I will remain in you. He says, this is, this is the kind of love that we're talking about He's here. He says, the kind of love that I have for you is like the love that the Father had for the Son. He says, now remain in that love. Remain in it. Abide in it. Live in it. So how do we do that? We've kind of talked about it already in, I, in, I, in my little open uh, review of, of, of this remaining in the vine, it's, it's, again, it's this ongoing relationship. Number one, this is where it starts. Jesus is going to give us a little bit more to go on here. But, but to remain, to abide, to, to live in this relationship, this love that Jesus has for us. It takes, it takes us to stop and think about it. We've got to stop. That's why I... I uh, asked Chris to play that song, Think About His Love. Sometimes we just don't even think about it. Just to take a minute, it's a simple little chorus that we sing, think about His love, think about His goodness. And, and for you and I to even just think about this, and, and we take this time to look at these words, and, and this is hopefully what we're doing. You're not thinking about you know, the Patriots game or some other kind of thing you're going to do later on, but you're taking time right now to stop and say, well, wow, I'm supposed to think about the love Jesus has for me? I thought, you know, I just become a Christian, and, and I realize he loves me, and then I, you know, I accept the Lord, and then that's it. No, no, that's just the very beginning. He says, abide or remain in my love for you. Remain in my love for you. One commentator, and this goes back, you know, hundreds of years, he says, continue in the possession and the enjoyment of my love to you, is how he rendered those words. Continue in the possession and in the enjoyment of my love to you. That's powerful. The possession and the enjoyment. Not just possession, yeah, Jesus loves me, but, but actually to enjoy it. The enjoyment of my love to you. Think about his love. Think about his goodness. There's a verse in that little letter of Jude, who was a half-brother of Jesus. And he says this, Keep yourselves in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. And all the time, until, until we get to be with him, standing in, you know, in his presence, he says, keep yourselves in God's love as you wait for the mercy. As you wait for that time to happen, he says, keep yourselves now here. 
That's what Jesus said here. Now. Not uh, when I get to heaven, then I'll abide in the love of Jesus. Sure, certainly we're going we're gonna to be completely overwhelmed by the love of Jesus when we get there. But he says, now remain. And Jude says, keep yourselves in God's love as you wait. Do you kind of get where I'm going with all this? Anybody, is it making sense to any of you here? Look alive now. That's good. 1 John chapter 4, uh, John, who also wrote this gospel for us, he says, for, and so we know and rely on the love that God has for us. God is love. We know and we rely on the love that God has for us. Again, not only to know it, but to rely on it, that this is something that we have. We used to sing an old song, and just thought about that. We, we used to sing a, called, a song, something called Rely on His Love. It's been a long time ago. So, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain, now remain in my love. Abide in my love. Keep yourselves in the love of God. So he goes on now in verse 10 to give us a little bit of explanation uh, to, to kind of fill us in on a little bit of, of this. He says in verse 10, If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in His love. That's an interesting thing, but really, he's talking about simple obedience here. The, the first thing I said was, you know, to, to be thinking about it and to be meditating on it and to be uh, this ongoing relationship with Jesus. But, but he also says to remain in my love. He says, keep my commands. Do what I say. We, we looked at that back in chapter 14. Jesus said, if you love me you will obey what I command. So this, this obedience, this simple obedience, it shows that we love him. But it also, he says here in verse 10, it keeps us in his love. So living for him and, and obeying his word, it keeps us in his love. Now, uh, I want to make it clear, that's, you, know, you could look at this and say, well, that's kind of like works, isn't it? That he loves us because we obey. And when we don't obey, he doesn't love us anymore. But that's not what he's saying here. Because of what I've already said, like what Paul uh, uh, talked about in Romans, that nothing is going to be able to separate you from his love. Nothing. Even when we're disobedient, he doesn't stop loving us. Well, when you, and that's kind of what we do, right? When somebody does something stupid to us, you know, love, uh, until you either apologize or stop doing it or whatever, change, and I'm not going to love you until, you know, that gets sorted out. That's not the way he operates. But disobedience, it, it mars our experience of his love. The experience of his love is affected by disobedience, you see. He doesn't stop loving us, but, but when we're disobeying, we're not necessarily walking in His love. We're not experiencing that love, that enjoyment that uh, that commentator uh, that I quoted said. He gives us His example. He says, just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in His love. 
So he says obedience, simple obedience. But then he doesn't stop there. Look at verse 11. He goes on. He says, I have told you this. I've told you all these things so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. I'm going to talk about joy next Sunday, so I'm going to save that for then. But there's some kind of joy in love, and there's joy in obedience as well. But we'll get to that next week. But verse 12, he goes on to say, My command is this. So he says, If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love. And then verse 12, he says, My command is this. He, gives us, he tells us exactly what it is. He says, Love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. Greater love has no one this, than this, that he, that he lay down his life for his friends. So he, he says, my command is this, this is what I'm asking you to do. This is the command. And, and again, it, 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 again, it's this chain. The father loves the son. The son loves us. And now he's asking us to love one another. And we follow the example of Jesus. And, well, Jesus, you know, he, he, he was loved by the Father, and then he loved us. The Father, you know, showed his love, and Jesus showed his love for us. Now, he takes it even a step further, of course, for us, because there was a problem. Jesus was without sin, but you and I are sin. You know, we're sinful beings, and, and Jesus had to come and actually lay down his life. He had to give his life for you and for I, and there's no greater love than that. How did Jesus love us? He says, love each other as I have loved you. How did he love us? He, he laid down his life. Really, the, the, the concept or the idea of agape is, is a self-sacrificing love. It's not... Uh, you know, just an emotion that I feel, which is kind of how our society in our, you know, world, and, and even as humans, we look at it, love is just an emotion. Love is a feeling. But love, in, in this case, was a self-sacrificing uh, love that, that he laid down his life. 1 John 3 says, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. So, again, it's this, this, this uh, chain that keeps happening here. So for you and I to be obedient, to keep ourselves in the love of Jesus, we love others by laying down our rights, ourselves, our thoughts, our needs for someone else. See how that just kind of perpetuates? And that's how, that's how he says, that's how you're going to stay in my love, by letting that love that I gave you, that the Father gave him, letting that love kind of flow through you. This self-sacrificing love. Paul, Paul talks about it, though. Uh, Jesus says to love one another, and he's speaking, of course, to this group of, of disciples there in front of him. But Paul talks about it even more. He says, you know, for... For very rarely will anyone die for a righteous man, though for a good man someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So even this love that, 
that would love someone who is not so nice. That's how Jesus showed his love while we were still sinners. One more example before we wrap this up is is found in John chapter 13, which we looked at before. You remember the story when Jesus, he, he took a towel and he wrapped it around his waist and he began to wash the feet of the disciples. And it says there in in, uh, John chapter 13, he says that the time had come for him to leave this world, go to the Father. He says there, having loved his own who were were in the world, this this would be his disciples, he says he now showed them the full extent of his love. Well, one of the ways, of course, was the cross that would be soon to happen. He was going to leave this world and go to the Father. So, but, but not only was it laying down his life, but in the serving that he did to them. I mean, he took a low place. He, you know, that was a, a self-sacrificing thing for him to serve them in the way that he did by washing their feet. That would be the lowest job of anyone to actually go and wash someone's feet. I, I, uh, we're not going to do that now. Can you bring in the buckets? I just said we're not going to do that now. But I, I was reading a history of the Amish, and uh, it was pretty fascinating. And there's some things, you know, we look at them, well, they're kind of backwards, and they're kind of, you know, stuck in their ruts. But, but they, 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 have this, they have a heart for, to, to, to remain connected to their faith and not letting all the distractions of this world take them away from their walk and their faith. There's something about that. Now, there, you know, there are problems, obviously, but, but one of the things that, that they would do would be have, actually have a foot washing ceremony when they would have communion. And they would not have communion you know, every five weeks or six weeks like you and I, uh, like we do, but they would have it like once a year or some of them twice a year, but they, they would have like a, a foot washing ceremony. There's something about thinking about that. We're, like I said, we're not going to do that, but what, how are we washing one another's feet? How are we serving one another? To keep ourselves in the love of Jesus, he says, pass it on. Love someone else. Don't just love yourself. We're real good at that, right? Who's number one? Nobody wants to answer that. (laughs) You know, number one is numero uno, is me. It's us. That's why, what does the scripture say, you know, uh, love your neighbor as what? As yourself, because you already do. It's, you know, this whole, this whole uh, thing about, well, you know, if you just learn how to love yourself, then you're going to love someone else. <laughs> That's like rubbish. The truth is we already love ourselves. And, and, and some of that whole thing is because we do love ourselves so much, we can't take our eyes off of ourselves and how we feel and, you know, how depressed I am and, and, and love someone else and think about them. But the truth is, when we do, some of that stuff just disappears. I found this quote, and it says, I have found the paradox that if I love until it hurts, 
then there's no more hurt, but only more love. And another one, the test of love is in how one relates, not to saints and scholars, but to rascals. (laughs) I like that. (laughs) Love as I have loved you, is what he said. Jump down to verse 17. We'll we'll just read that and, and put this all together. He says, this is my command, verse 17. Love each other. Love each other. Love each other. And, and that's, you know, that's what the church is called to do. We're called to love each other. Not love ourselves. We already do that enough. We need to take some of that love and take it off of ourselves and put it onto someone else. Think about his love. He loves, it's not just, you know, he loves me so much. But it goes beyond that, doesn't it? He loves me so much, I'm going to love someone else. We obey him and we love others. We remain in his love. The, the, the fruit of the Holy Spirit coming out in our lives. Uh, I've said this before, but I think, uh, you know, the tradition says that the Apostle John, who was the only one who actually lived, you know, and died of old age, all the rest of them were martyred for their faith, killed for their faith. But it said that when he was very old, he couldn't even walk. They would, they would carry him into the meetings because he couldn't even walk. And, and, and he just had a simple message. He would say, little children love one another. He said, that's what it all boils down to. It, all, it, boil, it boils down to love, right? The love that the Father had for the Son, that the Son has for us, and that now we have for one another. Jesus loves me, this I know. Jesus knew that love. He gave it. We know his love, and now we give it to one another. Let's pray together, shall we? Our gracious Heavenly Father, we are just in awe at some of the things that Jesus says, and it's, it's just mind-boggling. It's, it's deeper than we can even comprehend the love that you had for your Son, you were so pleased with him and it was just the love you, that you had for him and, and that was an unchanging love, a powerful love, without beginning, without end. And that Jesus, you have that same love for us. It's not based on our works, it's just based on your love, who you are. I pray, Lord, that we would have a revelation of that love, and I want to know it. I want to. I really want to know it. I don't think I do the way you describe it, but I want to. And then that love would flow through us that we love love one another here in the body, in our little Calvary Chapel body. We would care for one another and love one another. I think we do. I I just pray you'd help us do it more. People would come and visitors come and say, hey, there's something going on there. There's some love there. People love each other there.
Lord, you know us. The good, the bad, and the ugly. But yet you love us. I pray, Lord, too, as we close that for any here that, that maybe, maybe today you're just not, you just don't believe he loves you at all. Maybe that's what you've been taught, but it's not true. It's a lie. Maybe you didn't get it from your father, your parents, your family, or whatever, but we're talking a brand new family here, and he loves you. He really, really loves you. He wants you to know it. He wants you to live in it and abide in it, remain in it. He wants you to have that love and then give that love. Simple, yet very difficult, very deep. Maybe for any that have never experienced love in that way, and you need to just ask Jesus to come into your life. Just open your heart, your life, and say, Jesus, please, I want, I want that love. Please come in and save me, rescue me. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen.